It's Bibliophile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband give each other the worst books they can find. For this episode of Bibliophile, I read Dreams by Rosie March Smith and Nick read In the Blood, a Doctor Who novel by Jenny T. Colgan. Welcome to Bibliovile, the Terrible Book Exchange Podcast. My name is Meg Dickinson. And I'm Susan Dickinson. And we are back here yet again, yet again with two different books that are pretty bad, following in our season theme of self-help and series. <laughs> that's almost catchy. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely you know, almost. Really make a lot of sense together in combination. Yeah. Because after you finish reading some of these series and extended universe novels you're gonna need some self-help yeah Um, it's like it's like futurama we're gonna eat everybody the firemen then the math teachers and so on in that order (laughs) so we're gonna read every genre of book self-help series and and so so on on in in that that order order. yeah exactly um and so for this selection i'm gonna go first and mick can you tell us about your selection process for my self-help book that i got to read this time oh so just no pussyfooting around we're just jumping oh i suppose we usually do some like hot goss or whatever before we jump into it yeah and i found out some hot goss two pieces of hot goss gosh tell me the hot goss the first hot goss is that sir Big quotes around Sir John Hargrave from last episode. Who never lived in the UK. As far as I could tell, I didn't look him up in detail, but I did see him uh, SEOing his way to the top about search results and Wikipedia was not in the top or whatever. Uh, But I did see that he brags about being one of the the most relied upon uh, public speakers to encourage people to engage in blockchain technology. You heard it here first, folks. Mind hacking (sighs) Silicon Valley's answer to cognitive behavioral therapy is now into crypto. And Cute. I understand that blockchain is different from crypto, but I don't give a shit because they're both kind of misused and dumb. Crypto is a multi-level marketing scheme for frat boys. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It is It is Wall Street bets for people who uh, can't read, I guess. It is uh, ugly patterned leggings for people who pretend to like whiskey, but they actually really don't. Yes, and it's <laughs> dumb. It's overly expensive, ineffective skincare products for people who wore doubled up right. polo shirts in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. So you're just, you're thinking of different combinations of yeah. multi-level marketing, not a different analogy of each one. No, it's the exact same analogy. I'm just thinking of different iterations of it. It's Cutco for cucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Dickinson. That goes. That's going on my business card. Uh, so that's it's one going pe- in the Twitter bio. That's one. Yeah, that's one hot uh, piece of hot goss uh, that I learned about Sir John Hargrave. The second piece of hot goss is I need to get into such things because I apparently have a, 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 a quite the sniffer for hopping onto something right before it really blows up. Uh, mm. Case in point, uh, Warhammer. I have recently gone to, now that it's in my 30s, in the ninth edition of Warhammer, out of nowhere, and this is definitely has nothing to do with my own personal algorithm of internet, but it's everywhere <laughs> these days. Uh, for example, Henry Cavill, uh, he of Man From U.N.C.L.E., one of the greatest movie spy movies of Very the past handsome. Uh, 20 years, yes. Boners for everyone in that movie. Boners all around. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, and then got kicked out of being, not kicked out, I don't know, is no longer going to be Superman. And so picking up the pieces, Amazon has reached out to him to do a War- Warhammer 40,000 Universe movie. 
and he will be so happy. He will be so handsome. He'll play Here's the thing, one though. of the Primarchs, I bet. Is he? Maybe he'll be uh, Syphus Kane. I doubt it. I bet he's going to be one of the Space Marine dudes. Yeah. Um, he would look great in uniform. Here's the thing, though. Is he still going to be Geralt from The Witcher? Fuck. He just gets to say that. With, I know. While, with, he'll still and be killing somehow, orcs with a sword. Instead, yeah. it'll just be spores, space orcs with a chain sword. And he'll get to go, mmm. And look around a room angrily. God, he's so handsome. Yeah, he's fucking hot. Just, just a, just a good-looking man. Have you ever seen Why pictures of him? Why is he Superman anymore? Because I don't know, movies are dumb. Um, have you ever? Not seen... that I've ever seen any of the Superman movies. Well, have I ever go. seen one? Have you ever seen pictures of him and his dog? He's a oh, big, huge stop. mountain dog. So he's super handsome, incredibly handsome. A huge like. Sometimes when people are playing a role, they like, oh yeah, I love. The Witcher 3, Blood and Wine, and they, like, look at the crib notes on their hands. Uh, but uh, Henry Cavill has, has for years and consistently and deeply, uh, like, gotten super excited if anybody talks about Warhammer during any of his interviews, and they're like, no, actually, we don't want to talk about yeah. that. And he gets, dis- like, visibly disappointed. Oh, buddy. So it's not even like he's just like, uh, you know, I have always been a huge fan of Namor. You mean Namor, the Mariner? Uh, yeah, that we say it different or whatever. Like he legitimately loves Warhammer very much. So he's like the most handsome man in the world that is nothing but lift and paint miniatures, <laughs> and he has a glorious <laughs> fluffy dog, and it's just not fair yeah. that uh, such an Adonis can exist. I I feel like it's uh, like our our joke that we've that you've made before about John C. Riley. Um, uh, lately like, of the probably should have podcast yeah uh, yeah reference what is what is the one thing that henry cavill doesn't have going for him mm. social skills i'll assume since he's into warhammer <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, self-burn yeah i got him well he does probably what i do when i need to do things that i don't want to do i pretend i'm a person who does that and so he's going to act his way into being a good social skills person. Oh, okay. That's what I told students today. They had mock interviews. I said, when you go to interview, don't be you answering these questions. Be a person who, pretend you are a person who deserves this job. And it makes it a lot easier to do an interview if you just pretend you're somebody else. I said, don't lie. Just pretend you deserve it. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds so harsh. Well, I have to MC, I have to MC uh, pep rallies. And I am not a rah rah woo kind of guy, and that really? I really or not. I just pretend that I am, and I do a really good job. I suppose, yeah. I suppose well, I suppose, yeah. Um, maybe I have a question for you. Oh yeah. Have you had any memorable dreams lately? Yes. Tell me. Tell me more. Oh. I know you keep a dream journal. We talk about this often, um, and sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and oh, yeah. you'll be like sitting on the edge of the bed on your phone. And at first, years ago, this used to, like, worry me. Like, what's going on? Is something wrong? And then I was like, no, you're just writing in your dream journal so you don't forget. Yeah, this was literally last night. I had to oh, sleep. Good. I, I don't slept think in I... the other bed with the dog. So I uh, saw, or this is my dream journal. Okay. Decide to join mom at church and it's ridiculous. There is a bar <laughs> and concession stand in the atrium near the doors to leave. The activity inside is long-winded instructions given to teens and then practice time for them while we sit there. Very obvious it had been written down but never rehearsed to work out the kinks. So I do not Yikes. think I do not think I need a, a dream uh, book to help me dissect the idea that I want uh, activities with teenagers to work efficiently. <laughs> 
this is the day I told my social studies uh, closest thing I have to a teaching partner about how the plans he had were not going to fill a whole week of J term. So Oof. it's absolutely no wonder where that came from. Uh, I did have a, uh, do you want to hear my Elon Musk dream oh, and, and unpack that one? Okay. This one is a little bit more unpacky. Uh, okay. and it's obvious I hate Elon Musk, but still, uh, going golfing with Elon Musk and he's a huge asshole from the start. He parks in the handicapped spot cause he can just pay the fine, has his dog and wants to take it on the course. Doesn't understand how to sign up for a tea time or whatever. I'm pausing the dream journal to say this. I am happy to say that I don't know what Elon Musk sounds like, except oh, yeah. being booed. So I, I don't know what voice <laughs> he had in his in my dream, but there we go. Anyway, back to the dream journal. Keeps expecting me to buy something like the beer for us, but I'm refusing at this five-star country club. Has no organization to his clubs. Fucking sucks at golf. <laughs> this fancy course cuts through a trailer park, and the graveled path he keeps landing on is bad lays or lies. I don't know what golf would say. Says he's using his two iron. And as far as I know, it's not a real club. So my dream had a little joke. Your dad, Susan, was mm-hmm. there and is kind of caddying since Elon didn't think to get a cart. Tom shares a cigar with him, his favorite kind, a Ludovico. Elon takes it, but then looks it up and says to me dismissively, it only has like four stars on Yelp. Like what an idiot to like these if it only has four out of five stars. I am thinking we will not finish all 18 <laughs> when Squeaks woke me up. Um, funny thing about the Ludovico cigars, and I remember it was Ludovico cigars cigars is i woke up thinking what the fuck is ludovico why was that the name of the cigars it's a great cigar well, name here's the thing as i looked it up i'm like is there a ludovico thing like somewhere yeah i looked up ludovico cigars and it took me to like there's a current concert pianist named ludovico something and then all of a sudden i was making eggs or whatever for breakfast and it hit me ludovico sforza and i'm like that's a name that i remember i don't know who it is and so i looked it up spelling it correctly and it Good turns out that that was the patron of Leonardo da Vinci early in his life. It is who paid him to paint the Last Supper. Your subconscious is insane. So I, I just want to take a journey through it, magic school bus style, at some point. Oh, parachute. Um, <laughs> uh, and rain boots. Um, he, I looked up, I looked him up. I was reading about him to find out what it was that he paid the uh, Leonardo da Vinci to do. And it turns out that he was quite like the, he was the classic Renaissance like court guy. Uh, and he was known as quite the charmer and seducer and like a, a diplomatic chatterbox. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what a fucking great say, patron of cigars. That would be a pretty good person to how name your I, cigar brand after. How did I land on the perfect cigar brand name and mascot? And I have no connections at all to the tobacco industry. I think this is my curse in life, that I have a bunch of amazing ideas and no way to execute them. And no drive It's to. kind of similar to uh, you always come up with really good um, ideas for names of beers. Mm-hmm. Peter's many pockets. Yeah. Um, you you used to tell me that that would be like if you could invent a oh job yeah. that could somehow pay the bills, that would be it. Not brewing the beers. No, just no, I'm naming bad at, them. I'm bad at that. I've tried that one. Uh, yolked folks and the little mascot on the bottle is an, an uh, like an egg with legs and really beefy arms. <laughs> okay. I like that one. Yeah. All right. So anyway, what does that mean about me? I'm a Capricorn. Okay. Well, before we get into that, I want to share a couple of the dreams from my dream journal, which oh. I started uh, just shy of a year ago. Um, but I'm really... Can I guess? Teddy is in trouble. Finn is in trouble. Mick hates me and is divorcing me. Uh, I am uh, I got fired at work and everyone hates me. The last two, yes. I have not had... I have not written down any dreams about Squeaks. Oh. Um, Our son's name is Teddy. What's it matter? <laughs> here, here are the two that I'm going to read. 
July 28th, sitting in a hot tub in the middle of the trainer high school Hell parking yes. lot, and there are rhinos running around? Question mark? I love dream journals with question marks. I know. And then this one is my favorite. For context for the listener, there is a man that uh, used to date or used to be engaged to a close friend of ours. He's no longer engaged to the close friend of ours, and so we don't like him for that reason, but also we didn't really like him before. Yes. Uh, Turns January- out dumb people can go to medical school, too. I know. Uh, January 28th, Mick and I were helping Josh to get out of jail. Josh thanked us for helping him, and Mick said, I'm doing this because I don't believe in the carceral state. You personally can get fucked. You <laughs> told me this dream. I remember this. You told me this dream, and you said, I had a dream we got Josh out of, the, out of jail for something. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, I don't believe in the carceral state. And you started laughing uproariously. And I said, what? And you said, that's what you said. It's just so perfect because that sentence, word for word, is exactly what you would say to him in that scenario. It was so good. Um, so anyway, does that mean you're like an Aries and you have good luck for wealth? Uh, yeah, exactly. So here was something that I found element. really interesting about this book about interpreting dreams is that I feel like a lot of what I remember about my dreams or how I would describe them is like, here's the situation that I was in. Mm-hmm. This book didn't really cover situations at all. It was like, if this um, place shows up in your dream or if this kind of person or if a person doing this or an animal like this shows up in your dream, here's what it means. So it was much more about like the nouns than the situ- the setting um, or the situation. Uh, that's a terrible way to write a book. It was very, it was not really what I was expecting. And all of the examples given were a little bonkers, but we'll get into it. So first I want to share what some of the chapter titles I'm are. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but do you think this means that we have really boring dreams or more exciting dreams than most people? I think you have more exciting dreams than most people. Mm. I think, no, I'm going to rephrase that. I think you have much more specific dreams than most people. <laughs> you have incredibly I, had, I specific. named my cigar brand I know, it's weird. Um, so just a couple of the the chapter titles. So in this section about travel, the sections are, the chapters are driving, flying, public transportation, accidents, a passport, mm. alien spacecraft. I'm sure a lot of people have dreams. Mm. A very common dream I have a lot, and it takes very little wondering to wonder mm-hmm. the symbolism of this, is that the brakes do not work on my car. They slow the car down, mm-hmm. but it is impossible to stop. And so I just very slowly get into accidents. I had a dream a couple of nights ago, actually, where I was on vacation and I we were like at a place doing an activity and I, kept, I left a bunch of stuff there. So we like left to the place walked all the way back like a couple miles back to our hotel and I realized that Mm. I had left my room key so I walked all the way back to the place and I got the room key and then I walked all the way back to the hotel and then it was the wrong set of keys so I walked all the way back to the place and in the dream I was getting so frustrated because I was spending hours walking back and forth and I was never accomplishing the thing that I needed to do and it's almost like there's a part of my job right now where I'm working really hard (laughs) and I'm doing a lot of very long-term very repetitive things and it just feels like I'm not going anywhere but that's not the kind of dream analysis we do here this is where we talk about um, what it's like to have dreams about an uprooted tree 
rotting fruit or nope. a volcano erupting. Nope. Um, so, I had one teeth rotting dream once. Ooh, I, I don't a, like that. I think a that's... lot of other people have that a lot. Their teeth fall out. I don't yeah. get that very often. I don't like that. Uh, but the, the author does warn you, dream interpretation is essentially non-scientific. Essentially. Essentially. To some, to some extent, it is pro-scientific. <laughs> um, okay. Let's... Hey, they do it in the Bible. All right. A Link to the Collective Unconscious. I this hate is... that Zelda game. <laughs> this is in a chapter called Why Do We Dream? Dreams are a conduit to the higher and deeper realms of the mind. If you imagine an island with only its hills and peaks showing above the ocean, it represents symbolically the depth and width of our unconscious world. Next, imagine that ocean bed going, as it does, right around the globe and appreciate how it must connect with everything. This is the basis for the theory of collective unconscious, where we are all somehow connected. Psychics say this linking mind oh, energy yeah. lies behind their clairvoyant ability, privy to the wholeness of our world. An incredible source. Undoubtedly, physicists are now coming up with fascinating research into outside time, which could perhaps definitively lead to an answer to the great mysteries. <laughs> no, outside time is what they call it when you want, they want you to leave them alone and go play. <laughs> Stop talking to me and go enjoy outside time, honey. Um, but the funny part is in the whole section about like, why do we dream? They immediately dismiss the idea that it's just like your brain processing all of the things that are happening to you. They're like, a lot of people think it's just your brain when you're, you know, it's you in really, a state of rest. It's processing everything that it's experienced. Yeah. But really, it's about the collective unconscious. You really can just write books about anything, can't you? You really can. Yeah. Um, there is one part of the book that Ooh. I actually agreed with 100% and it was the part on the importance of healthy Sex sleep dreams. habits oh. um, and like how good sleep habits can set you up for success in a lot of other parts of your mental and physical health and mm -hmm. um, gave advice on some things that can help with like it, it never made any guarantees but like here's some things that can help you you know form good sleep habits and get consistent sleep and apparently one of them is having a baby that sleeps through the night so we'll work on that um so like that whole part was all legit and that was about where the legit part ended um because then we get into some wild stuff okay so. sorry i just want to check in everybody loves it when we spend six minutes talking about our own personal dreams right yeah okay exactly yeah um okay so then we're talking about some dream theorists, which are basically like anyone who's written anything who's talked about dreams over the years. One of the authors is named Calvin Hall, which is really funny because that's, a, that's one of the buildings where I work on campus is Calvin Hall. So that made me giggle. Let me just get this straight. They talked about the collective unconscious, but did not bring up Jung. Yeah, they talk about Jung a lot. Okay, good. Yeah. Oof. Um, a younger contemporary of Jung, American-born Calvin Wait, Springer Hall. Wait, how do they spell Younger? <laughs> um, Calvin Hall approached the world of dreams from a different perspective a behavioral psychologist he developed a cognitive theory of dreams in the middle of the last century then rejecting Jung's belief that dream content sometimes comes from higher levels outside the self then wouldn't he be a cognitive psychologist if he comes up with a cognitive theory how can he you be behavioral so. whatever he contended that they were only the results of the dreamer's personal thoughts hopes fears and experiences he declared that dreams convey the dreamer's conception of self family friends and so on 
and that they revealed qualities, for example, weak, domineering, or loving, that essentially mirrored the dreamer's own views. And there are parts of that that I would be like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. It's like a way of processing your own. I'm willing to go to church whatever. for my mother, but I don't like it because I find it boring. Yeah, sure. I don't think that sounds realistic. But the next example uh, is the Edgar Case, the son of a poor Kentucky farmer who became famous in the early part of the 20th century because of his ability to dream clairvoyantly, diagnosing Mm. thousands of grateful patients, and from the sleep state, recommending healing remedies. Okay, that one is maybe a little more out of left field than the other one. So uh, that's, that's about where we're going. Um... Somehow a split occurred in civilizations where spiritual power was ascribed to unseen gods ruling from afar and making decisions for the people. Gone was the prehistoric sense of oneness with the universe, a joyous connection between the inner and outer world. Its disappearance over the centuries was to cause catastrophic results such as religious wars. That split from personal divine power to divine monopoly was a serious loss despite society's giant technological strife. So this person <laughs> is a religious libertarian. <laughs> yeah, apparently. You guys know that government is only just the monopoly of force, right? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I know. That's kind of the point. Um, it is widely believed that nearly half of the population of the world has clairvoyant dreams. Then... <laughs> it's... Uh, cita- I, ugh, I don't know where to start with this. More and more people are saying that this book is bullshit. I'm saying it. Others are saying and it. And I'm people. Seems like everybody's talking about it. It is public knowledge that governments Fuck off with this shit. have used people gifted with ESP to view remotely, inability to acquire information about a distance place, for military purposes. Wow, that would have been really useful in a lot of different parts of history. It's weird that it didn't happen uh, then. But, you know, it's public knowledge that it's happened a lot. Yeah, that's the type of thing the government would be putting out there. <laughs> um, there. Then we get into, like, here's how you use this dream dictionary. Here's, like, kind of whatever. Um, so they talk about, uh, here's what would happen if you had, uh, if you saw a mermaid in your dream. For example, take mermaids. Surely any woman would be enchanted by an ethereal vision of a mermaid. Not if the dreamer had experienced a miscarriage and now holds a horror of her fertility. A mermaid has no vagina, so there is no future danger of a lost pregnancy. A woman might not realize the connection, but decoding her dream could help her come to terms with her reality. So what happens if a man has a dream about a a mermaid? Does he want to fuck a manatee or something? Uh... No, because that's that's too close to reality, Vic. That would be insane. Um, One thing that I did think was really funny that was that a lot of the descriptions of like, if you dream about this, it might be because of this. Ended with, you could like basically you could unpack that in therapy. And so I wrote at one point, this book really wants you to go to therapy. This book needs to go to therapy. Um, Why do you find yourself uh, ascribing your own worries to? the outside world instead of having an internal locus of control huh Uh, yeah that's what i thought there is a whole section on what happens if you have dreams about searching for the bathroom uh apparently we have these dreams because waste matter is a metaphor for our psychological urine and feces 
when you say that it's a metaphor for, you're supposed to say the real thing afterwards and not continue with the metaphor. You know, you get, you, Sue, do you get the old man in the sea where it turns out that the sea is metaphor for the man's own interpersonal sea? Like, yeah, it's the sea. What's yeah. the sea inside the man? Yeah. Like, ugh. I'm um, getting angry at this book. One of the examples that it gives that is apparently a common dream, according, according well, to the author, yeah, and according, uh, yeah. is ballroom dancing with a lover at a former workplace. <laughs> like, these are so specific. This is like, I saw recently on Twitter that one of the cardinal rules of the internet is not to reveal what you personally find hot, or what you personally think everybody finds hot, because it just reveals more about you than everybody else. And so you're like... Obviously, everybody knows it's like an incredibly common sexual fantasy to want to be changed by their their school principal. And you'd be like, uh, what? Not, not me, dude. And yeah. so apparently we are finding out what this particular author dreams about. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole section on like what happens if you have dreams about running a marathon. What does it mean? But I ran of, a marathon. I don't dream about running All of the specifics are like, you are running a marathon and you are wearing the wrong shoes. And then one of them is, you are having a work marathon. I'm like, well, that's a different thing. One is a snowbound race. And one is, you struggle to reach the finish line. But like, they're just so specific. And All of I the have, analogies. Like, I can really see struggling. that many people are dreaming about this. I, I can see the struggling to reach the finish line like it keeps on moving over. Uh, can I ask you what it means when you dream about one of your students badly describing Taco Bell advertising com- campaign <laughs> as a bunch of homosexuals out in the town? And then the phrase at the end was Yo Quiro Taco Bell. Oh, no. What's that mean uh, about oh, me? No. I What I was looking for was I we actually were – this came up somehow at a conversation at work earlier this week because it's finals week at Iowa – and my boss was talking about how he still has the dream, and I know you've had it before too, that he'll like realize at the end of the semester mm, that he forgot to drop a class. Yeah. And then he like has to go take the final, and he like doesn't even know what the class is. Absolutely. Um, and almost everybody around the table was like, oh, yeah, I've had that one like more than once. Absolutely. Um, and he's in like his mid 40s and has been out of college for a long time. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have that dream fairly frequently. And it is very distressing every time. Um, But so I was expecting, you know, like common dreams like that. Mm -hmm. Nope. Apparently it's all uh, dreams about rabbits are overrunning your house. Those Uh, are the ones that are actually common. I used to have that finals dream when I was still in college and it would ruin my morning. How, uh, How common is it that, and I quote, Rami Malek looks great in 1920s clothes. I mean, he probably does. I mean, I'm sure he does, but I apparently dream that. Uh... I don't know. Mick decided he didn't like our black bookshelf that we bought in Ames, so he smashed it up. Then he got annoyed that there were stacks of books everywhere and we had nowhere to put them. Wow, that makes me sound great. I actually did have a dream about running a marathon that was kind of specific, but it wasn't any of the ones mentioned in the book. Uh, In this dream, I had signed up for the Chicago Marathon, but I wasn't ready for it at all. And so I was kind of hoping the day before that Mick would just not remember that I had registered and I wouldn't have to run. Um, And then two of my uh, students had also signed up to run it. Um, One of them made it seven miles and then stopped. And then the other 
uh, without having trained at all, finished in three and a half hours. And he's the kind of guy that would do that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. There's Um, my marathon running dream. uh, I have a dream about a plane crash. A plane doing silly tricks crashes into a lake by the house, but the car we take to go help is driven by two people that were in the plane. Do we still need to go? (laughs) (laughs) So what's that mean about me? What the plane metaphorically represent? My own psychic plane? Well, let's see. What does... There's got to be stuff about planes in the transportation section. What about trains and automobiles? There's a section I mean, about public transit. Does that, does dreaming about planes, trains, and automobile means my wife likes me. My friends like me. I like me. Good for you. It's a joke. Or it's a reference to a movie that's very sad. I'm sure it is. Really sad. Is it called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? It is. It stars Steve Martin and John Candy, the late oh. great. I know Steve Martin. He's got my birthday. Okay. So we have flying, but not in a plane. Oh, of course driving. not. Driving. Well, well, flying, not in a plane. It does make sense. That is the first thing I do when I lucid dream. Okay, there was a section about lucid dreaming, and that was actually one of the strategies was like, if you think you might be, you might be realizing that you're dreaming. If you might be dreaming, then you should try to fly. Basically. If the fish start flying out of the sky, you might be dreaming. Okay, the only one in here about planes is that the pilot is being malicious. No. Okay. Good. Um, oh, there's your flight is delayed. If you forgot to cancel your uh, trip and now it's time to go, but you haven't taken off work your, yet, you might be dreaming. Your passport photo is of someone else. You're walking on the moon all alone. Those are the travel ones. Oh, uh, shut up and dance. Ooh. Um, so that was this. If you per- need to go back through every apartment you've ever lived in in order to clean it before they come and show up to take the security deposit out, you might be dreaming. That was a good bet, right, Sue? <laughs> that was a good bet. Okay. Um, so that was this not very helpful dream interpretation book. Oh, dang it. I was hoping... Dreams. Would, I was hoping it would be very helpful to interpret your dreams. Well, you know what, Mick? Half of the world is clairvoyant. So mm. we don't really need to interpret our dreams when we can see the future. Do you think that anyone has ever uh, changed their name to clairvoyant? <laughs> Hi, my name's Claire. Um, I bet Claire Voyant is one of the people that various governments around the world has used to um, do I, I know special you missed, secret military stuff. I know you misspoke, but the way you said governments has used was only like the cherry on top of that very stupid sentence. <laughs> it's a very stupid book. Yeah, okay. Well, I learned a lot. I'm a better person now, thanks to all of these, uh, all of this self-help. Mm. You can mind hack. I can interpret dreams. If your baby won't stop floating away on the ocean, you might be dreaming. Mick, how's your book about Doctor Who? It was good. Oh. Yeah. Listen, you don't land an IP like Doctor Who without proving some things about yourself. It's very Doctor Who in that it's a metaphor for real life. Is uh, it quirky? No, I don't think you've ever seen Doctor Who. You are, you are. It is, Doctor Who is not a lol so random. 
Whovians are from Tumblr, but that's the fall of the friggin' Tumblr, not the fall of Doctor Who. Hey, I don't just, insult my sister's ancestral homeland. Uh, she would insult it much worse than me. I can promise you that. Um, the main thing I thought this was going what to happen. What happened to your notebook? It got pushed into the uh, the couch. <laughs> the it got baby pushed, probably we, sat on it. It got pushed into the the things between the couch cushions. Between the couch cushions. Mm. Between uh, the couch cushions. <laughs> you yeah. said between the couch cushions many times. Um, the main thing I thought about the, that this book was going to be that I was joking is that this book was somehow going to have the find, uh, find the way to have terrible CGI, uh, because that's what I think of when I think of, uh, Dr. Who it's the most, uh, biggest show that has $0 dedicated to it. Apparently, um, I feel the same way I did. I, I have seen some Dr. Who and I have seen quite a bit of the next generation and the next generation is a hundred times better. That's the Star Trek one. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the Star Trek Next Generation is about like high concept sci-fi. Doctor Who is very much like, I don't know, one step above Black Mirror where it's like, what you thinking that your phone isn't watching you? And Doctor Who just says it, but with like an RP accent instead. And I can't do that British accent. I don't know what that means. Uh, Something something pronunciation. It's like the fancy newscaster British voice instead of thinking. Which is the only British accent I can do. <laughs> um, remember when we were in college and it was like our fourth date and you decided when we went to this party that you were going to talk in an Australian accent? Remember you kept time? dating me afterwards? No, we're married. Do you want to know the difference between uh, New Zealanders, Kiwis, and Australians? Oh, you're going to do an accent. New Zealanders are more like, oi, noi. And then Australians are more like, or no. So just keep that in mind next time you need it. Oi, oi. Oi, noi. Oi, noi. I can do, uh, the one thing I can say in a Kiwi accent is Olive Garden. <laughs> they've got, okay. um, uh, and then a South African, they've got unlimited breadsticks. Breadsticks. I'm going to put them in my big pick. <laughs> All right, let's get away from right. accents. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay, well, I have to keep away from saying words like soiree and cafe. <clears throat> Um, so specifically, this is the 10th Doctor. I am led to believe that that is David Tennant, I believe is the man on this cover. Uh, his, uh, uh, partner, there's a specific word for what she is because the British hate- Sidekick. Uh, no, companion. Oh, companion. Yeah. Um, the British just love having the same show six times instead of six seasons of the same show. Uh, so it always works the same way. But his companion, he is like a, you know, pitched- to be like a 33 year old man here okay being the time lord she is very obviously like 48 years old yeah for sure and i don't know if they meant to do that or if this is a bad picture of her or something but she has like reddish brownish hair and orange lipstick and very i don't know very uh the lady at your office that really hates working there but won't leave vibes mm. and i feel kind of bad for her i'm sorry uh but then i stopped taking notes oh good um. What yeah, it was the, fine. What was the general plot? It was just like it was just literally a novelized Doctor Who episode, maybe like a two-parter because mm. it was it wasn't supremely short. I did read it in only like three sittings, and I read the whole thing. Um, but it was just literally like let's take a Doctor Who episode and make a book out of it, where the the characters are a little quirky and they have their little arguments uh, together. And isn't this so funny? 
But the the satire or this the you know the high concept I don't know if we would call it satire but like what the plot is about symbolism is the least subtle thing that I've ever seen in my life but it wasn't wrong and so then stuff happens so the plot is that through the internet there has become an infestation of oh some little parasite that makes you really mad uh and then it like you it you by getting madder and madder you're helping these parasites like uh reproduce mm. and then it, they go back into the internet and you die like so you, they're breeding through internet trolls yes and then they're killing people and then the internet is very good at making people very angry and the more angry they get the more of these parasites or whatever and so it's very clearly just like the internet is making people worse at being people and not listening to each other. And I thought it did a pretty dang good job of uh, staying on the right side of the line because it does kind of do stuff about like cancel culture. Or, like, you know, she saw or like these people were yelling at a lady that had the wrong kind of backpack because she must not know that the that company doesn't, you know, like yeah. that sort of stuff. But it really, it does take a name mostly at, uh, they did say, Something along the lines of, I'm going to misquote it a little bit, um, that they took decent uh, species, uh, oh, fucking A, being a decent person and called it political correctness run amok or something like that. Yeah. Like, And so once that happened, my hope for solving this the old-fashioned way went out the window, and that happened three years ago or whatever. And uh, Rupert Murdoch's... Uh, it is always the word I forget, and I always remember Romana Clef. Mm. Rupert Murdoch, the leader of uh, Fox News, is Romana Clef, not named, but it is a very uh, dry, lizard-looking man who lives in Australia that controls media uh, companies and empires, uh, is featured in this book, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, and he hired like an alien that is completely emotionless as long as he's listening to sounds from his home planet, but if he takes it out, he becomes more like crazy, emotional... Uh, uh, like a puppy, like, look at this, look at that, look at that, oh my gosh, I'm going to cry, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to get mad or whatever. And so it's kind of like we all get distracted in our own ways, you know. Not especially subtle, once again. Uh, but I did appreciate the inclusion of they hired him to figure out why everybody was dying on the internet. They hired this alien dude to figure out about why everyone was dying by using the internet. Because if they're getting mad and dying, then they can't stay mad and keep clicking on things. And so the motivation for the alien to help them was basically, I need them to stop dying so that they can keep getting angry. Because the whole internet yeah. economy is ran on people clicks. getting mad. Yeah, yeah, clicks and all that sort of stuff. So that was it. That was the book. Yeah, you, yeah. Doctor Who, uh, uh, for all of its faults and everything like this, uh, the Doctor did go to a Kate Bush concert. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I know it's always been implied that the Doctor is a little bit, uh, uh, you know, lighten the loafers. But I didn't think Kate Bush lightened the loafers because the companion and them, he need to have a little bit of tension. Um. <laughs> So yeah, there was about 300 pages of pleasant, oh, I get it, and then it was 300 pages later, and yeah, yeah. I, st I still All got right. it. It was fine. Uh, well, the, the main antagonist was a spiky space octopus oh, at good. the end of terrible CGI, I assume. Uh, so that was that was neat. Okay. Well, His motivation was kind of interesting, the spiky octopus. He just wanted to make money, but also he really hated the doctor, which was always annoying to read or whatever. Uh, he hated the doctor because when this spicy, spicy, spiky space octopus was getting uh, in an escape pod, they shot him with a drug that slows down time. 
And so then the spaceship exploded and he survived mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he had a lot of time to figure everything out about how to act best. And his body would like move by the week. And so he had a lot of time to think of every single thing. But that also meant that he like felt himself being on fire for what seemed like months. <laughs> and so he's really motivated to like really hurt the doctor. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool evil motivation that like, look, I, I suffered for months in this way and it's your fault. And it wasn't his fault or whatever, but that was it. Well, on a different note, we do have some very exciting news that I would like to share with our loyal listeners. Uh, we are this month for book club mm. reading a bibliovile favorite. Mm. Friend mm. of the pod, mm. Shelley Laurenston, wrote mm. one of Mick's favorite books Ooh. that we have read for this podcast. Top of the list. Hot and badgered. Hot and badgered. So that's what we're reading for December was, book club. What was this year wasn't this year supposed to be like uh under represented authors yeah and then we're doing hot and badgered well no because it's a female author and it was published within the last 10 years and those were two of the mm. criteria the stupid book is written by a wonderful author we, who's a woman by the way we just got we we just decided we bought um, it we couldn't find it in hard copy though leather bound. no i thought i there was a hard copy one but it only like you could only get it if you bought the whole series yeah. in hardcover yeah um we don't have that much room in our bookshelf because dream mix smashed one of our bookshelves and is now complaining that don't there's just it, stacks of books all around don't make it sound like that that sounds like sleepy mick did yeah fair enough you dreamt um, about me doing that. i did uh but no we are reading hot and badgered i finished reading it uh it is a little worse than I remember it being, but still extremely fun. And yeah. I feel like it is going to be a great way to end book club. Because we've read some Book very, club is ending? Well, the year, end the year oh, okay. for book club. Dang. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we'll have to report back on how everyone else loved this um, wild shifter smut. Charlie McGillicott. Or... McKilligan. McKilligan. McGilligan. McKilligan uh, is one of my favorite characters in fiction. Still, that is not me being sarcastic that's not me playing up the hyperbole for humor she is literally one of my favorite characters in all of fiction i love that character it is of all of the terrible romances we've read for this podcast this one is one of my favorites because he really likes her and he's not like she keeps like shooting me down but i'm gonna keep trying he's just like i'm just gonna hang out and oh, be around it. stray dog in it yeah until she like i like i read this yeah. How many years ago now? It's and probably I still remember been three. Mostly the names, yeah. Stray dog and stray it. dog in it. That's his plan. I'm just gonna hang around like yep. a stray dog until eventually you don't even realize he's your dog now. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's great. Um, it's so great. yeah, we're gonna go ahead and sign out so that Mick can go read Hot and Badgered by Shelley Lawrenceston. Uh, yes. All right. Thank we'll you. We'll see so you next time. So Mick gets a help self help book. Yes, I will get a self help book next time, and I and then I gotta think of what uh, extended universe to get you. I've got some suspicions. I have some ideas. I have, I have better ideas for self-help books that I found the last time I found dreams. Uh, I was hoping that it would be about Fleetwood Mac, but I guess I was wrong. Thunder only happens when it's raining. Thank oh, rip to that lady. She died. Yeah. Well, not that lady. That's Stevie Nicks, but the other one whose voice sounds terrible on Bluetooth. Have a good night.